are backstage with the Soundcheck, and I'm your host, Haley Pearl, the world's rock and roll girl. What's up, guys? Backstage with the Soundcheck is officially back after that brief break we took. For all you newbies out there, I'm your host, Haley Pearl, and I'm here to bring you some new bands with some new music updates. For today's episode, I'm going to be introducing to you a Virginia local hard rock band who's here to talk to me about what they've been up to and where their music is going. Hey, this is Alexander Black from Half Past Dead. And this is the Megalodon from Half Past Dead. We're listening to the Soundcheck. It's the pandemic right now, and I'm sure you, you guys get this a lot. Uh, how are you guys doing? Well, it's interesting you ask that. Um, we had a big summer tour planned, and, you know, the pandemic sort of made us stop that. But we decided to um, shift gears, actually, and we're working on um, recording an album, our first LP. And um, that's just sort of been a, uh, a different change of pace for us. But um, we sort of try to keep the momentum going in a different way. Uh, Megalodon, what, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, it's been eventful. Um, between members giving some issues and all this, the album was just the best thing we could possibly lean into. We had uh, decided to, we, we had talked about working on it for a while. We actually had planned to do the tour, make some connections that way, and then re- then work on the album. But I think this is a, a better step is to work on the music. And what we've actually been doing, too, is we've been connecting with our fan base a little more. And that really uh, makes us feel really good um, to know. We actually got some nice messages from some people, yeah. amazing people. And it just makes us feel more confident in this release, too. That's great. I'm glad that you guys are finding that sort of response from fans and reaching out to them a bit more during this time. I think that that's really helpful. But what was it like, though, having this whole summer tour planned and then not being able to do it? <laughs> well, I can tell you this. I'm uh, I'm also the manager of this group and I do all the booking. So all that hard work I, I'd spent um, in North Carolina at my college, booking shows and making phone calls and doing all this, just, uh, you know, one thing can just, just take that away from you. And um, I know for a fact myself and Megalodon, we were really excited to, to work on it. We had practiced a whole bunch. Um, we had some really cool stage antics planned. Um, and it was just like, for me, I don't want to speak for Megalodon, but it was just so gut-wrenching. Yeah, I, I agree. It was not fun. Um, <laughs> it really sucked because it was the second year in a row that it happened. That's right. We had planned a tour before that, too. And, um, <laughs> and that was just something happened. Uh, it was this, I call it the summer from hell, uh, 2019. It was pretty bad on, for me, and I just I just couldn't go. Um, a lot of personal things happened in my life, but um, yeah. So that was definitely kicking us while we were down. <laughs> yeah, that oh, that had to have been pretty rough. Mm-hmm. I've been you know looking into you guys, and I've uh, been paying attention to your merchandise. Mm-hmm. Do you guys personally wear any of your own merchandise? Megalodon, I'm going to let you start off with this one. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I got the shirt when I joined the band, and I've worn it to the point where it's faded. One of our shows, I got another one of the shirts for my wife, and I've actually stolen it from her. So, I mean, yeah, they're awesome stuff. Yeah, I actually uh, had a hand in um, designing a great deal of it um, myself. And I just think, you know, when we started the band, it, I got, we got a lot of crap for wearing our own merch. But I'm like, listen, Iron Maiden does it. And I'm like, how else are you going to hear about it? It's either I talk about it a bunch, which I already do. You know, I'm, I, we promote ourselves. 
And um, I know it's become to that to where I've seen other people wear it where I don't even remember selling a shirt. I was in Virginia Beach and uh, saw a guy wearing a, a skull clock T-shirt. And I was like, oh, all right. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, we, I, I wear it every now and then. We, you know, just for promotion. And I think it also it goes well with things. I think it's very fashionable. Um, we try to stick with um, neutral colors so people can kind of accessorize and stuff. And that's kind of been the point. I think that's a good thing in rock and roll that it's always been a constant, um, really good fashion choice, you know, with the black leather or if it's a really cool lettering or whatnot. That all goes into account when we um, design our merchandise and stuff. For sure. And honestly, I, I don't think that there's an issue with, you know, bands promoting themselves. I, I have heard not. that whole debate, like bands shouldn't wear their own merchandise, but you know what? Every single band does it. Like, it's like a chef that doesn't eat, taste their own food. It's like, how do you know it's any good if you're not going to, you know? Right? It can be trial and error. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you get the wrong, like, clothing brand, how would you know until you tried it yourself? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because sometimes fans don't reach out. They don't give you that sort of response. So you, you need to test that yourself, you know? So I know that I've talked to Alexander about this a little bit, but have you guys seen any cool live streams during this time? Um, yeah, we talked about, I, I saw the uh, Black Oak Rise Reese's Wounds live stream. I can talk for days about BVB. They're actually one of the biggest influences on Half Fast Dead. Um, when I started it, I saw the Knives and Pens video and I said, ooh, I want to do stuff like that. And it's, I just love that group. They, you know, it's really stood the test of time. And um, I, I, I'm inspired by the music personally because, you know, I, when I grew up, every other rock band, you know, really high-pitched tenor singer, nothing wrong with that. But I'm a baritone myself and Andy's vocals are baritone and just really kind of gave me a glimmer of hope um megalodon i know you said something you saw one of the streams yeah avatar did a live stream kind of um showing off their album like a day before it came out that was really cool to be a part of that's a great album i love it it's so good <laughs> oh yeah well that band is just so unique in a, oh, yeah. in a way i i love them megalodon and i actually just we, we figured that out before they were really popular so we kind of had that hipster complex going i knew about them before they were cool <laughs> Hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I also saw the Restitch These Wounds live stream. Thought it was freaking amazing. Oh, it yeah. was awesome. Cinematography just blew my mind. I thought it was just gonna be like a camera in front of a like a fixed camera in front of a stage. I was totally shocked. Really good. It was perfectly done. I was really really impressed with the uh, production of it all. I thought the band worked awesome on it. But going back to some, you know, happier thoughts here. For when in-person concerts return, which band are you guys most excited to see? I've seen a lot of bands live. Uh, I know Megalodon hasn't seen a lot of live groups, which I just nope. find insane. So I wanted I wanted him to sort of uh, do this take on that. I mean, like I said last question, I, I'm super excited to see Avatar again whenever they might come back. Um, you know, that's just the biggest thing. But honestly, anyone that would come to town, I'd be interested in going to see, especially any big names. It sucks because we actually had, uh, right before the pandemic hit, we had tickets to see, uh, in this moment, Black Bill Brides, Raven Black um, at the National. And we were all ready to go. The whole band was going to go and some friends. And Megalodon's wife, we were all ready to go. And then it hit, and we're like, oh, no. <laughs> it was just the worst. I was like, are you serious? Yeah, I was supposed to see that tour as well. I was super upset about it. <laughs> 
really hope that uh, Megalodon get to uh, get to see some shows when in-person touring becomes a thing again, because that experience is awesome. Right? I'm such a shut-in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that shows when they return will be different from when they once were? You know, once it's all everything will be back to normal, we can all, you know, get into a mosh pit and throw each other around like crazy. If not, and this actually becomes a new normal, then it's kind of hard to say what might happen. Yeah, I'm more interested to see how the venues will be laid out, um, because we do have a show coming up, and um, our bass player just kind of played a pinch hit at the same venue, so I haven't heard that. I haven't asked him about it yet, but I, I'm really interested to see how they're going to reformat, if they even will, when, when shows come back. For sure. So I know that you guys said that mental health is, like, I think a new aspect to your music. Do you think it's your responsibility as a band to cover topics like this? I'm not sure if I would use the word responsibility, but I mean, I think the four of us sort of just when we write music, um, I know for the most part, I, I wrote, I write most of the music and, and the lyrics. Um, I, we just kind of write from our experiences. One of the things that I think is paramount in rock and roll music um, is the honesty in it. And we, there's a lot of honesty in our music. And um, we just kind of write from our souls and hope that people uh, can identify with it. And clearly some people really have, and it's strung a chord with them. Actually, we played a show at my college um, um, I don't know if it was last year. I forget. But um, someone came up. To yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and, and someone came up to us after the show and said they got a they got a tattoo of one of our song titles, um, Love Equals War, and it just blew me away because they they said it, it really helped them get through something and. That's always been the goal with, with Half Best Dead when I started. Before I even had a band, I said, I want to make music that can help people. And if we can help just one person get through their day, then our job is done. And that's just, that's, so I don't know if it's our responsibility, but I think it's something that people just, it's organic about us and it's what people like. And we probably won't stop doing stuff like that. You know, even if, on, you know, on, on the sunniest day, we'll always have something to complain about because... <laughs> That's just how we are, I guess. I don't know. But I think people like that. And um, it gives them a sense of comfort that they're not alone. Right. I, I love that. My favorite aspects of music is that, you know, I can listen to a song and I might not know that band member personally or what they went through personally. But them writing a song that is pretty similar to my situation, it's like, wow, you get me. John and I, uh, Megala John and I worked on um, a song together. I wrote guitar parts and lyrics and came up with the drum parts and uh, show me the way which is one of our singles we just put out and that is like i think so far that's our best song in terms of encompassing the mental health aspects of it and um we're both really we both really like that song that's in our uh we play that in our lives in our live shows and it's just um i think people really like it and it's definitely one of my favorites lyrically definitely enjoy the drum parts because i wrote them (laughs) (laughs) right so obviously you've already mentioned show me the way but you know one of the other tracks you guys really was uh the evil that you make mm-hmm. how do these two singles compare to the ep that you released years ago like what stands them apart and makes them them that's a great question um well first of all i have to say the production quality um is much better the songwriting is more streamlined my vocals have improved. The EP actually, uh, Megalodon wasn't on in that lineup, and he has been in the group that we released that about four years ago. He's been in the group maybe what three, I think. Something like that. Yeah, and and his talent just impresses me every day. Even as when he came in for his audition, it just blew my mind. He did a perfect, and I'm telling you, perfect by memory drum cover of Waking the Demon by Bullet for My Valentine. And I, and we still talk about that. It's great. And we can still do it. I love it. Um, so I think just um, we've grown up as people, um, and 
were good songwriters. Were, uh, the production quality is better. I've actually I picked up the guitar since then, and I've, I've played the lead parts. And um, I just think that the songs are better, and people really like the evil that you make. I love it. It's one of my most favorite ones to play. Um, I, even, I know, <laughs> Michael John, I, I love. Please share uh, about your story about the, the drum parts in that song. I, I love hearing you complain about it. Well, the first time you sent it to me, I listened to it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I like this jam. Um, I sat down on my drum set one day thinking, okay, I need to go ahead and learn it. We're going to add it to the tour set list. Mm-hmm. And I sat there for probably two or three hours trying to learn this complicated rhythm. And every 30 minutes, I was like, there's no pattern. 30 minutes later, I was like, okay, now I'm seeing it. 30 minutes later, there's no pattern. <laughs> <laughs> It was ridiculous. Yeah, I guess that's the other part of it. Uh, in our music, I, I you know, I attend uh, college for music, and my knowledge in theory and songwriting has skyrocketed, and I think that makes our music more intricate. But in this genre, that makes it more listenable and more catchy and more memorable, and I think that's another part of it as well. For sure. It seems like you guys have grown a lot in terms of, you know, quality and talent of sound, and then, you know, you have an, a new member now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like you guys uh, made some changes in grew and you guys are producing better music because of it and and that's awesome for sure do you guys expect more music to be released soon i know you guys talked about working on an album earlier yeah we have um kiss the world goodbye is is our first lp and it'll be our first release since 2016 actually our first official release um of any sort of project other than the two singles which will be on kiss the world goodbye and I think we, we, we talked about this in, in our group chat. I think we're going to stick with these two singles right now. But um, when people sign up to our, to our mailing list and become um, our, uh, you know, dedicated fans, we're calling them dissenters, uh, we, we give them a free download of another track off that album, which uh, I wrote after we had to cancel our tour. We called it the, the Unbreakable Tour. So I wrote a song called Unbreakable. And it's people seem to really like it. They responded well to it. But I think we're going to keep that sort of like a secret exclusive release when they sign up. And um, I think that's because we're really trying to focus on this album because Megalodon and I are going to be the ones engineering it. We're not going to a studio. We're producing it ourselves. Um, Megalodon and I have extensive uh, knowledge about recording and audio equipment, and we're still learning things along the way, but um, I think we can do a really good job. Um, and the best part about it, it's free for the most part, and we can do it at our own pace, which really can ensure the quality of it. Right. That always makes everything better if you can, you know, work at your own pace. Yeah. So I know that you mentioned that signing up for the mailing list, uh, fans could possibly get the uh the unbreakable track but what other perks do fans get from signing up uh through your mailing list yeah it's a great question um so when people sign up to our mailing list we send them all personalized video messages welcoming them into the fandom of hpd um we call our fans like i said dissenters we came up uh, with that little name because i think it's just another thing that people can rally behind um we actually go in and learn their names and give them a real greeting we don't give uh, some automated thing um so far it's just been really cool people have responded really well to it we want to make a real connection along with that they'll receive you know of course the free download of unbreakable um they'll receive early access to updates regarding shows merchandise new music what we're all up to in our personal lives uh, among other things like that this is a new thing that that i just kind of came up with right before you called um at, at the end of each month we'll draw a dissenter's email from uh at random, and that particular fan will win a free meet and greet with us. Um, we'll send them some autographed merchandise and a whole bunch of other exclusive content. So it's 
we go sort of above and beyond. And Megal Jen, I, I think we both un- agree that we we've always been a group that tries to go above and beyond with our fans um, yeah. to create a really good, solid fan base because we want people to get to, to actually know us and we want to know them too. We want us, we want them to like us, and we really do like uh, the people that love our music. That's awesome. That seems very inclusive and personalized. It it actually kind of sounds like a Patreon, um, but your mailing list is free, right? Yes, it's totally free, and that's what's yeah. different. Um, we, we thought about doing Patreon, but I... I think we all just were like, well, here's the thing. We're, 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 you know, we're not David Bowie. We're not huge. And, and I think a lot of our audience, you know, especially right now with the people being out of work, I don't think it'd be right of us to charge them for something like this where we feel no. like if they're going to support us. They deserve this stuff for, for, for free. And it's no skin off our back. I think that that's really pure, actually. Like, that's awesome. Megalo, John, I'm sure you, you can only get your take on this. We've never been a band that's been about the money. Oh, yeah, no, of course not. But, I mean, support us, please. But <laughs> Yes, of course. We, we need to we're, eat. Yeah, we're definitely not, you know, straight up in this for the money. We're, you know, we're working outside of this. This is obviously something we're definitely into. We love to make full careers out of it. But as of right now, you know, it's mostly just for the music and for the fans. Of course. That's awesome. Going back to the roots of the band. Mm-hmm. Take me through the process of how Half Past Dead came to be, how you guys decided on that name, and, you know, just, you know, like, day one. Let's start at day one. That's juicy. Okay. That's a really good question. I don't even know this. Yeah, I, it's, I I was 14 years old. It was 2014. Maybe I was 13, 14, 15, somewhere around there. I don't know. I don't even know what I had for breakfast this morning. But I'll tell you this. It, it's it's. I remember it clear as day. Um, it was 2014. I had just watched uh, a Blackbird Bodies music video, and I and I've been in some after school. I've been playing music since I was about eight, seven or eight years old. And I said I just got out of of of, a, of another band, and I said I want to make heavy metal music, but I had no idea how to go about doing it. So I said I'm going to. I had a list of names in a little black notebook um, of band names that I just thought about throughout the years. And Half Past Dead was the very last one. And um, that one was the only one in that notebook that had any meaning. And, and if you listen to our EP, uh, title track, Half Past Dead, um, it's sort of about our whole mission um, with this band is to show people that it's more important to live your life for the things that matter. Don't sweat the things that won't matter in 10 minutes or 10 years. It's it's all about family, taking care of yourself, not worrying so much. I guess to sum it up is to say that when you're on your deathbed, Bed, that you have no regrets and you lived your life the most effective and healthy way possible, that you, you don't wish that you had spent less time working with your family, that you did spend more time with your family because in the end, you know, we only get one life and, and it's, we have to live it in a way that makes us happy. And that's sort of what I wanted to do. And I said, that's the name. And so I came up with a little logo, um, a little skull clock, which I didn't even plan for half. I said, have 12 letters in it, like a clock. So that just kind of fit in perfectly. And I said, okay, this has to mean something. And so I said, I write, I started writing some songs that were heavier. I picked up, I started picking up some drop tunings and I got all the copywriting and all that stuff. I learned on the fly. Mind you, I was not even, I was just in I was like ninth grade high school and I was just doing all this stuff um being the outsider that I was a loner so I just had all this time to to dream about this and to do it and then I sought out band members and then um you know one thing led to another I found that some people didn't want to do the amount of work that 
you know, takes when you're in a band, because a lot of people don't realize this, when you're in a band, it is work. It's not all fun. And Megalodon, you can chime in on this. You know, I think being a drummer is the hardest part because it's just you're an athlete, essentially, and it's just it's difficult. But, yeah, that's sort of um, that's sort of what happened. It just all sort of fell into place. And I found we kind of had a revolve. We have a revolving door of members coming in because, um, like Megalodon said earlier in the interview, just we've had people just sort of not wanting to put in the work and not wanting to participate. Um, yeah. And he, uh, I commend you, Megalodon, for being staying sticking by me this whole time and uh he and i have sort of been the uh, cornerstones of this group um and it's just been we now have a more stable lineup right now um and it's just um we haven't really uh changed so much as i want to say evolved or um or grew and i think it's um interesting to see that i remember when 50 followers was a milestone now we're almost at a thousand and it's just uh you know we have connections with blue ridge rock festival and all these yeah. other places that um that that just really support us and we're actually really happy to be interviewed by you right now it's just it's just um it's just surreal right now but it's mostly because of our hard work and just we didn't give up like a lot of other groups and we we saw it through at such a young age and you essentially created like the name and then you got to create the logo i mean you were so young that's <laughs> you put it I always say I, I, there's a lot of people in, in, the, in the scene right now where their you know their parents do all the booking for them, which is fine. But I just personally think my, my parents were very uh, hands off because they wanted me to learn it on my own. And I we booked our first real show at the Canal Club, and to get a real venue to take a 15 year old kid seriously is a lot harder than for it is for a 45 year old to take them seriously because you're an adult. I mean, you look, and I'm, I'm 21. We're, we're both in our twenties, uh, me and Michael John. So we're still, you know, we're still young. And, and, and I just think it's, it's a hallmark to how dedicated we are to it. And, um, I just, I don't see us as anything more than just a couple of hardworking musicians that really care about it. Yeah. Well, I, I really salute you guys because I Thanks. mean, just like you said, yeah, of course. Um, like you said, uh, it's, uh, being a band is it's a job it's hard work you'll get there you know you're not going to be famous overnight and we've always megalodon and i especially i think the two of us but everybody in the band um, um mike and jack the four of us are always have always been the type of musicians that we go you could have a knockout show and we've had great shows we played a show strange matter a while ago and it was great but even then we were like we were pointing out things like we could have done this better this could have been changed we could do this we're always crit criticizing ourselves sometimes i can be a little overcritical myself and it gets unhealthy you know unhealthy but i mean that's what i had the other guys for they they reel me back in but we always sort of find a way to say we can do better and then the next show we hope that we do and we've had really bad shows and we learn from them and that's that's where i think um a lot of bands sometimes they they tend to want to give up but us we just go yeah that sucked or yeah that was really good but we can always find a way to make it better whether it's from the performance end of it or the music end of it um like we had a we, sometimes we have technical issues that's out of our control and we have to learn to troubleshoot and that's just something that we that comes with being a professional musician you have to learn to do those things absolutely so rewinding back to the uh, core inspirations to half past dead i know that we've mentioned like several times about black folk brides being one of the inspirations um and after i took a listen to you know your ep from 2016 i heard a lot of um similarities compared to uh black Veil brides set the world on fire um yes i love that album <laughs> yeah 
So I was wondering if anybody has given you that same feedback. Have you guys ever been like compared to Black Veil Brides musically? It's, I think he, uh, from from what I've been told, I don't know about Megalodon, but from what I was told, that's the first time. A lot of times we get uh, Metallica, Trivium, um, Nothing More, a little bit of Mice and Men, and all bands that we, that inspire us and that we like. Um, uh, Megalodon, what about you? What are, what are some of your? Because you're sort of a newer, uh, you're you're not sort of newer, but you are you weren't on the EP. I wanted to yeah. everyone to hear what your inspirations are when, when drumming and composing music, because you're also a songwriter too. Um, we're working on some music that you've written for um, future stuff that we're doing. I just want to get your take on that. Um, I mean, when it comes to like drumming influences, I'm huge on um, Gene Oakland. He's probably the biggest one. Uh, Thomas Lang is really big for me. A lot of those people. Um, I know you, of course, Avatar and Tool. That's that's a, a yeah, yeah. Um, sure Tool is absolutely probably um, when it comes to like lyric writing. I'm very close to that style. Um, yeah, that's mainly the big stuff. But yeah, I don't know if we've ever been compared to Blackfield Brides. Um, I'd love to be. I think earlier in, in our in, in our, in our uh, endeavors, we we did the makeup and stuff, but we kind of redesigned it. We wanted a more um, not to say the Blackfield Brides isn't authentic; they're the most authentic people ever. But our music is a is a little different when it comes to the flow of it, and so we we, we decided to sort of strip back all the like a good chunk of the pageantry and um because you know i used to uh, straighten my hair and you know wear a bunch of accessories but um now i'm just kind of letting it be all sort of a natural look because um our music tends to be very raw um lyrically and musically and i think that is what people are looking for nowadays a lot of people we didn't want to be a copycat group and i'll be honest when we first started we kind of were and i think you know like i said like we both said we're growing and i think now we're just kind of coming into our own but it's always nice to hear when uh, when we're compared to our influence that that just kind of reassures us that what we're doing is good well right on guys um so here's a fun question if you could collaborate with any artist who would it be oh, i'm gonna let Miguel john answer this because everyone knows my answer is blackfield brides <laughs> yeah i'm about to say that's an easy one for you um <laughs> for me i would love to go with avatar um i remember seeing them small and then they just explode out of nowhere with some of their newer stuff and it's awesome to see and i've always been a fan of johannes his stage uh, presence, his vocals, everything about him is just awesome. I would love to do something with him. Yeah, I'd love to headbang like they do on stage. I don't know how they do it without breaking themselves, but I mean, I'd love to do a collab with Avatar as well. That'd be so fun. That would be awesome. That would be sick. So when all is said and done, what kind of a mark does, you know, Half Past Dead want to leave on the world? Um, uh, that's, that's a really good question. Um, personally, uh, just what I want to do is kind of like I said earlier, if someone can listen to our music and it can get them through a rough time, um, in a year, a month, a week, a day, um, a minute, and, and they can, they don't have to tell us that they can just listen to it and it gets them through something that nothing else can because music is is that powerful it can do that it's the only thing i think in this world that can do that and if half past dead can write a song or an album that someone can listen to and it keeps them from self-destruction or it keeps them from uh you know, going off the deep end, that's what I want. I don't care if that's 10,000 people, a million people, or one person. That's all I want. Megalodon, what, what, what do you want to leave? I mean, easily the same stuff you said. Um, like, when you go back to the meaning of the title track and the EP, it's like all the same stuff, you know, with life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Creating music to provide a benefit is always good. So, um, you know, do it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always been um, a staple in what we do. I think every song that we write, we try not to have a filler track. We want every song to have a meaning. And um, one of the things that I said early on was if music, because there's so much music in the world, there's so many bands that pop up and go, and there's 
you know, I think I personally think if you're music, if you're a musician and you're writing music, write for a purpose. I, you know, there's so much oversaturation. I think you need it should have a meaning. And no matter how insignificant you may think it is, if it has meaning to you, it most likely has meaning to someone else. And that's what's important. I never really have been a fan of music just for the sake of, you know, just writing something. I think it needs to have some sort of substance. And I think that's what really sets us apart from a lot of uh, smaller groups and groups that are um and are wrong at the latter because we really care about the craft of a song because that's what this whole industry is built on it's not about your marketing plan it's not about your look it's one song one song can make or break you and if you have good music then that's what people will come back for absolutely um you know the meaning is everything mm-hmm. uh, exactly um if you could give any advice to upcoming bands what would it be Ooh. I'll have to think about that. Megalodon, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap out. Here, you you, you go. Um, I mean easily is you just gotta keep at it. Like you write one song and you post it up and you might get some good feedback, two, three people, some family members. You know, that's <laughs> great. Um you're gonna get frustrated, you wanna see more and you might get discouraged because, you know, a few months later when you've made a couple more songs, it looks kinda similar. You just gotta keep at it. You just gotta keep posting and social media is always your best friend. Always go on Facebooks, Instagram, even YouTube, just everywhere again. Post it, spread the word as much as you That's can. That's a good point. That's a good point. A lot of musicians, uh, and some people we've worked with, Michael John, they, they they think social media is this this terrible thing. And sometimes, you know, people can abuse it and use it incorrectly. But I think uh, if you're an aspiring artist, musician, actor, whatever, social media is a tool that you can use to promote yourself. We have access to the whole world now. Now, of course, that doesn't mean there's more competition because we have act- everybody has access to the whole world. But I think, yeah, it's an, it's, it's an essential part of the music industry right now, and especially right now because, you know, you can't go out, you know, just, you know, things are different and people are sitting at home and, and you know, some people are unfortunately unemployed and, so they, a lot of times they turn to entertainment. Music is entertainment. And, and that's a good point you made about social media. We've always said, let's make have a good presence on social media because the more people we can reach and potentially help with our music, um, that may sound conceited. But, I mean, people have sent us messages saying that they it, our music has restored their faith in music. So I remember someone said that a couple of days ago. And it's just like, yeah. well, if we can do that for one person, the more people we can help, the better, you know, the more we do our job as as meaningful musicians. I think the advice I would give is sort of a similar thing uh, is is don't give up. But I would say my personal advice would say if people don't let people who don't know anything about what you do tell you what's right or what's wrong or you can or can't do something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everyone, you know, John, you know, we, we've been told by everyone, you know, you're never going to make it. You have to do this. You have to. They tell us how to write our music. They tell us you have to be more this, you have to be more that, you can't do this, you can't do that. And we're like, you, sometimes it's like, you aren't even a musician, man. What do you know? And it just bugs me, and it's a hot button for me, because it's like, yeah. I would never tell somebody, and, and none of us would ever tell somebody they can't do something. You put your mind to it, you can do anything. And yeah, it's going to take work, and you're going to get a lot of hate, and you can, and a lot of people that hate you are jealous of you, they're envious, and I'm going to say this right now, people that hate on, hated on us early in our stage, they don't exist anymore. They called it quits, or they couldn't hack it. And I think that's just part of being positive, we're all about, and have I said, being positive and, and yeah. building people up rather than tearing them down because that's what you're supposed to do. Not even just as musicians, as good people. And if we're jealous of someone, we don't let that get to us. We say, hey, let's up our game. Let's focus on, on us. Let's not let this drag us down. And yeah. personally, and that just goes beyond music. That goes with anything you want to do. You go, I want to go to college. And someone goes, well, you're not smart enough. It's like, go study, prove them wrong, prove them wrong. And that's, you know, if you don't want to go to college and people go, oh, you're never going to get a job and you work vocation, you end up, you know, earning more money than people that have to pay off debts. It's, it's you know, whatever 
anything you want to do in your life, do it because it's your life. Don't live your life for someone else's expectations. This is your time. And I may sound like a broken record here, but you know, don't live your life like you're half-assed dead. That's what we say. A lot of bands say that you want to promote their name, but ours is sort of like sort of a warning saying, hey, the more you keep trying to please other people and not focus on you, it's going to come back, back to bite you later. And it's going to really hurt because you wasted your time on someone that wouldn't do, that wouldn't lift a finger for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Great advice, guys. So I have one last question for y'all. Okay. And that is, what is the craziest thing you've done for music? Ooh. Now, okay, is that like in the name of music or just, that's an interesting question. Like for music outside of the band. Megalodon, I'll have to think about it. What's what's yours? (laughs) Well, easily, um, my favorite band as of right now is a group called Archspire. If you're into death metal at all, I highly recommend them. They are amazing. Um, yeah, they were just getting bigger. I think they've really grown right now. Um, and they came to the Canal Club in Richmond, and they were opening for um, Carnifex and Oceano, and I was excited. And my wife didn't want me to go by myself because, you know, mosh pits and all this mess. And I'm just like, okay, fine. And I knew a buddy of mine was really interested in going, and him, his girlfriend, and another buddy of ours were all kind of hanging out. And I was like, you guys want to go to a show? So I spent <laughs> probably about $100 or so on tickets just to let them go see it, just to go see a band, honestly, just one band. That's <laughs> so cool. That's dedication, man. Worth it. I think my craziest story uh, craziest thing I've done. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Despite you know what we do for a living, I'm, I'm such a boring person. Like I get up in the mornings, I, I eat breakfast, I go work out, and I, I very bland. I read books. But um, I think my dad took me to a uh, Motley Crue concert on their final tour. Alice Cooper was opening, and we were going in um, to you know to the venue, and they wouldn't allow me to bring in. You know, I, I have a wallet chain, so people don't take my stuff. Um, so, but they wouldn't let, let me in. And so we were like, let's just, okay. And they said, you have to go back to your car. And, and I'm like, all right. And then my dad was like, wait a minute, let's just go to a different line. Cause it was at the PNC arena. So it was like 15 rows of people going in. And we just kind of went in and the guy, we, we had a different person checking us in and he just looked and he goes like, you guys are fine. Go ahead. So we kind of went in there breaking the rules sort of, I guess that's my crazy story. It's not as crazy as, as Megalodon's, but it's still, you know, I think that's, that's rock and roll kind of. <laughs> A major shout out to Alexander and Megalodon for joining me in this broadcast and you lovely listeners for tuning in. Now I will be adding the band's website URL in the description of this podcast episode. At this link, you can check out the band's music, their merchandise, their tour updates, and this is where you can sign up to become a dissenter as well. So make sure to check that out in your free time. To stay up to date on my other artist interviews or music reviews, you can follow me on social media on Twitter, Instagram at Real Sound Chick, or go to my website at www.thesound-chick.com. Again, that's follow me on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, at Real Sound Chick, or go to my website at www.thesound-chick.com. I appreciate y'all's continual support, and I look forward to having you on the next broadcast. As always, rock on, my dudes. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by the interview subject belong solely to themselves and not necessarily the Sound Chick or its sponsors. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to seeing you on the next broadcast.